Hi, I'm Tony Hines, and you're listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. Hi, this is the Weekly Roundup, all things affecting supply chains this week. So what's going on in the world of supply chains? Well, retail sales are heading downwards. As inflation bites, people are pulling back from spending too much on discretionary spend. And that means that demand is likely to drop for some products. That should ease the pressure on some supply chains as demand lowers, but it won't be for all supply chains, as you'll see. Well, there's some news that's coming in on the Apple supply chain problems. And that's due to the the microchip shortages, particularly to do with screen displays on the iPhone. BOE supplies chips to Apple, and it was expected to make 40 million. Then it was revised to 30 million, and now it's going to be revised downward again. So this is really causing quite a big problem for Apple with its iPhone. Tim Cook, the CEO, revealed that supply chain constraints cost Apple $6 billion dollars in each of the last two quarters. Mm, eye-watering sums. Apple had previously wanted to ship 40 million of the screens this year to supplement supplies from Samsung and LG. But that's not to be, and 30 million seems optimistic. So the chip position is biting the Apple hard. A couple of things are at play here. The first is that the demand for technology during the pandemic increased several fold as people were working from home. They needed the tech to do that. So demand went up for all the tech equipment and that put pressure on all types of microchip supplies. And the second thing that happened is that uh, the car makers demanded more chips for the production of cars. And that was higher than usual particularly with uh, the growth of electric cars. And so those two things working in tandem put pressure on supply. And it's really sort of low-level tech chips which are causing the problem. Things that control parts inside of a phone or a device. It's not really high-tech stuff. It's uh, simple, simple chips, if there is such a thing as simple chips. And, of course, there's the stop-go manufacturing of Chinese plants as a result of the zero COVID tolerance. It's not clear if that affected BOE, but nevertheless, if they're in China, they'll be part of that uh, situation and subject to those constraints. Another thing that caught my eye this week was the extended hours at ports in the United States and particularly in South Carolina at Charleston, um, I noticed that they now have Saturday and Sunday shifts to try and clear backlogs at the port. Now, I think this is happening in a number of places, and it's uh, essential to try and clear the backlog. Also this week, there were a number of commentators expressing dissatisfaction that it looks like shipping rates and container boxes will again be in short supply in the peak period over the summer this year. And they're worried about or concerned about 
um, the allocation of shipping space and container boxes. Yet again, the container boxes are in all the wrong places in the globe. It's really disrupted. In the United Kingdom this week, I happened to see uh, a brief note about yet another possible delay to the checks at British ports post-Brexit that were due to be introduced on the 1st of July. These are likely to introduce some more chaos into UK supply chains, and I note that the government is trying to postpone those arrangements yet again for another nine months. Yeah, Brexit wasn't such a great success as some might have us believe. It's caused all kinds of problems in supply chains. I'm not saying that uh, it's just leaving the European Union. It's actually a serious issue of poor planning and poor management by a government that didn't think things through. It is, after all, a government responsibility to ensure that ports don't experience unnecessary delays due to the bureaucracy involved and imposed by governments regulating imports and exports. And if you want to read more on that, read my article on tariffs. I noticed that Brent crude was down this week to 106 US dollars per barrel. And that's one of the lowest prices at the week end for some time. It's probably due to the additional oil supplies that have been put into the marketplace in the last few weeks. I also think that the higher price for gas and diesel to drive private cars has uh, put the greater public off driving for leisure. So I think think there's been some lowering of demand because of the higher prices and all the pressure on the pocket because of uh, higher energy prices with the increase in gas and also electric, price of electric and gas. So energy for the factories, the homes, etc. So rising prices are really starting to bite. And it's only early in the cycle yet. Prices have got a long way to go, I think. There was also a a statement from the leader of the World Bank this week saying that he expected food prices to rise by as much as 37% during the remaining part of this year. So that's a substantive increase in uh, food prices. And that's likely to bite in people's pay packets. That, of course, will put pressure on wages and it will hit profits of food producers and food retailers. In the United States, Amazon has put a 5% fuel surcharge on third-party resellers. And this is to cover the cost of FedEx and UPS uh, delivery charges. The charge comes into force on April 28th. In March, there were some 20,000 containers dwelling longer than nine days at Los Angeles port. And that's up from the previous month when there were just 8,800. I'm guessing that uh, two things are at play here. First of all, the closures in China, such as Shanghai port, where things aren't moving. And that's putting pressure on container boxes. And also there are some inland rail problems in the US that are causing a backlog 
in rail transportation. So that appears to be something else that's uh, at work. But the ports are working hard to to get things right. And uh, they've really done a good job, I think, in the last few months in clearing the previous backlogs. There was an interesting piece in the United Kingdom this week about the UK government setting up its task force to address supply chain disruption. It did this back on the 14th of September 2021. It was supposed to be a National Economic Recovery Task Force and it was supposed to look at the problems in the supply chain and Michael Gove was appointed to head the cross-government committee. But actually nothing really happened. It was just talk, really. The opposition in the UK have said it's a fake task force to address supply chain disruption because it was dissolved weeks after it was announced. I thought it was pretty quiet. I wasn't sure what had happened, but uh, it looks as if it was just a, a bit of publicity, really. And this is the problem in trying to do uh, PR to get out of a, a tight fix. It doesn't always work, does it, if you've got no substance behind it? It's a pity, really, because uh, could certainly do with a task force in the UK with all the HGV shortages for drivers, the problems with food production and the Brexit situation. It's quite a number of uh, problems that need to be tackled. And a task force would have been a useful thing. The government says logistics and supply chains are a priority, but uh, the actions don't say that. Deeds, not words, I think. A similar problem emerged with the Supply Chain Advisory Group, which was set up by Prime Minister Johnson on the 11th of October 2021. And the appointment of the former Tesco CEO, Sir David Lewis, would co-chair the Supply Chain Advisory Group as the country grappled with HGV driver shortages, labour shortfalls, port disruptions and other problems, food supply, etc., But it emerged on the 26th of January that uh, David Lewis did not meet with Baroness Charlotte Veer, Minister for Roads, Buses and Places, at the Department for Transport. The committee chairman, Hugh Merriman, said he asked Lewis to appear as part of the committee's inquiry, but actually got a message out of office back saying, I left my role. When asked if uh, David Lewis would be replaced, Veer replied he didn't think so. There's an expectation that uh, the HGV driver shortage was easing, but that's not the uh, picture from elsewhere. It's still a very high number of uh, drivers short, so it's a bit pie in the sky, isn't it, really? It's uh, a lost opportunity. There's another problem that's been brewing for the past few weeks in the United Kingdom with regard to food production, and that's eggs. Farmers are said to be unhappy about uh, egg production and the prices that they're receiving for British free-range eggs. The cost of production has increased, with feed increasing by around 50% and energy costs by about 40%, and the spending on fuel has gone up by 30%. So labour, packaging costs have also gone up, and The industry body is making a case that uh, there needs to be a better rate for the eggs. And they want to raise the price of eggs by at least 40 pence per dozen. 
So, uh, and it might even rise by as much as 80 pence for organic eggs. So quite an increase in the, in the cost of, uh, in the price of eggs. So a storm brewing, I think. And there was a problem in the past few weeks about chicken production, which I mentioned on an earlier news round. So, uh, Egg producers say they haven't seen it as bad for 20 years or more in the industry, with chicken feed becoming quite expensive. So I think this is a, a storm in the making. So the great British breakfast will be under threat. Mm. Increased commodity prices have pushed the price of our favourite chocolate. Our brands Kit Kat, Quality Street and also some of the uh, products which Nestle have. It puts the need to raise prices on significantly disrupted trading conditions, it says, due to the war in Ukraine. I think they're just hiking prices now because they're going to have to put them up again in the future and they're going to stage the price increases. They're going to try and push the prices up. Um, I don't think we'll see the size of the products go up. I think over the, the past few years, certainly... Chocolate bars look a bit smaller to me than I remember them, but hey, I could be wrong. So a gloomy note on which to end the uh, news roundup this week with inflation biting, pushing up prices, interest rates are likely to increase, cost of fuel isn't going to come down anytime soon, energy costs up, all pushing production prices upwards. So it depends how far these things can go. But it's going to be a difficult time in the autumn, I think. Anyway, keep listening to the news round and you'll be up to date and informed about what's going to happen. Uh, just one thing before I leave you today. And that's if you haven't heard the episode this week on volatile global supply chains, it would now be a good time to go and listen and you might find out a little more background to why and how volatility has come about in these global supply chains. So I'll leave that with you. Well, that's it for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I'm Tony Hans. I'm signing off. I'll see you next time. Bye for now. Listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, written, presented, and produced by Tony Hines. Hi, I'm Tony Hines. I'm here to tell you about the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. I've been researching and writing about supply chains for over 25 years. I wrote my first book on supply chain strategies in the early 2000s. Each week we have special episodes on particular topics relating to supply chains and we have a weekly news roundup every Saturday at 12 noon. All things impacting global supply chains in that week. So come and join us on the Chain Reaction Podcast. I look forward to seeing you there. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. Bye for now.